Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the forward to the second edition, and we're at page XIX, the third paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Tenzin P., the 12 traditions, Susan O., Reading the text are Lisa B., Rachel W., and Tina S. The reference numbers for Tuesday, November 14th are 10667 for the 10 a.m., I mean 7 a.m., and 10669 for the 10 a.m. Okay, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P checking in. Um, One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God, as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much.
Thank you so much, Tenton. Okay. Um, we'll, I will now ask Susan O to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. Susan O here on the Connecticut Shore Recovered. It's a great day. Uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards <clears throat> or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Susan. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page XIX, uh, the third paragraph. I will now ask um, Lisa B to begin reading. Good morning, this is Lisa B, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. While the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons, the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. These made their impressions everywhere. Our, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings 
and at first decided they didn't want the program, but great numbers of these, about two out of three, began to return as time passed. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. Okay, so um, what I identify in with is uh, the two principal reasons why um, AA continued to grow by leaps and bounds. And it talks about large number of recoveries and reunited homes. And, you know, recovery is amazing, being recovered. And it makes me think of what Bill W. talks about. He says, I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And that is something that shows. It's a, it's a program of attraction. So we show that when we're recovered, by following the uh, directions of this big book, that's what comes across in our energy. We don't even have to talk. You know, people can feel it around us. And reunited homes. Um, because this program is so based on getting out of myself and my constant thought of others and their well-being, um, it starts in my family and in my home life. So the reunited homes. And then when it talks about um, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober, it makes me think about uh, the description in the spiritual um, appendix that willingness, honesty, open-mindedness are the essentials for recovery. That I tend to complicate this, that if I have those elements and I'm clear on what the definition of abstinence is according to the doctor's opinion, I have a very good chance of getting sober and staying that way. And what does sober mean? Clear-headed. For me, that's entire abstinence, as discussed in the doctor's opinion. And when they talk about those who kind of come and go or like settle for improvement, you know, I lived that way. I lived with just relief for many years. I thought relief was as good as it was going to get. Now I truly understand that it's really about getting recovered, which is freedom, which is what Bill was talking about. And then um, it talks about another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends. And for some reason, that word ministration is an interesting word for me. I don't normally use that word, and I did look it up. It means provision of assistance of care. And then that word persistent, continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. And they have been experiencing opposition and difficulty with this uh, adolescent period. But this ministration of friends in the medical community, religion, and the press um, is really what helped, I think, give credibility. And when we look at Appendix 3 and read those medical views, they're really powerful. Um, Dr. Harry Tebow, I never know if I'm saying that right, Tebow or Tybo, I believe was a psychiatrist that worked with Bill W. And there are incredibly powerful papers on the internet that we can read what Dr. Tebow talks about, the uh, ego rebuilding, and that why we need to continue to live in these steps all, all, all the time. You know, we don't just do it once and then uh, we have to live in them. So I think that that's, that's um, enough of my share and I look forward to hearing everyone else. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa B. Okay, who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Madam. Okay. Harlan Gina S. 
Christina S. Okay. Harlan G. Okay, I got you, Harlan. So let's go with Harlan G, Tina S, and Matt M. And then we'll pick up some more. Harlan, go ahead, please. Okay, all right. Thank you, Katie. Um, thank you, Katie, for your service, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And over the last many years, it has been my privilege and my honor and the work of my life to do big book retreats and big book conventions all over this country. I've done them as far northwest as Anchorage, Wasilla, Alaska, as far southeast as Boca Raton, Florida, as far northeast as Boston, and as far southwest as San Diego, California many times. And every time I do one, I quote page XX because it is one of the things that changed my life. And what changed my life is these words of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once or remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. That's 75% recovery. And when I see the words really tried, what I'm hearing in my mind is they're doing the steps out of the big book. They're doing the steps and they're having a spiritual awakening as the result of those steps. That's what I'm hearing. And we can't talk about 75% recovery today. As was mentioned yesterday in one of the shares, even AA has, has diminished their recovery rates. There, a lot of the AA meetings are, are not, you know, adhering to the big book also. But just sticking to OA, we can't talk about 50%. We can't talk about 10%. We can't talk about 5%. I think we're recovering at a level of about 2-3%, and that's optimistic. As an organization, we are shrinking. As an organization, we are splintering every minute all the time. We're just, every time you turn around, there's just another splinter group popping up. What do we need to get back to, in my opinion, for me? I don't know what it is like for anybody else, and I'm not trying to preach. I need to work the steps out of the big book. This, for me, is not a nine-tool program. It is a 12-step program, and it is a program that requires me to have a spiritual awakening and to maintain it through the steps. I'm dealing with a lot of loss right now in my personal life. My 12 and a half year old German Shepherd, it's day to day now. I'm dealing, I'm, I'm going through a breakup. I'm going through a lot of things right now in business. But I'm alive and I'm not eating and I'm not eating happily because of these steps, because of this way of life. And this is the most magnificent way of life imaginable. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Tina S., you're up, followed by Matt M. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Some great shares already this morning. Grateful to be on the line. And, you know, I, too, uh, as the previous reader talked about, love this part of the book because early on there were many, many recovery, recovered people. The statistics 
statistics are, are phenomenal. And those certainly aren't the statistics today, for sure, for sure. And, um, you know, and, and why? You know, early on, they're talking about, you know, the directions as laid out in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's all they had. And as um, time goes by, you know, just like anything, there's always added stuff. And when we get back to the to the solution, which is the directions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, that's where the solution is for me, for me. And, um, you know, and I, too, am on that same page. I think AA is 5% and OA, I, I heard 2%, which 2 to 3 is right on the mark. And, and, and why is that? Because everybody else has, a, has an idea about what, what we need to do so that we can get better. And I, if I stick to, to the solution that was found back in the day, then I, then I, have, I have a chance for myself to stay absent one day at a, at a time. And, you know, and I like the last part of that. It says, other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program. But great numbers of these, about two out of three, began to return as time passed. And why is that? You know, why is that? If you're a real alcoholic of the type that they talk about in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is only one solution. You know, and, and if I can't find it out there, I'm going to come back. You know, I always heard that if, if God or whatever takes you out of OA, that food will certainly bring you back. And that's been my experience, you know, because somehow, some way, someday, you know, I'll figure this out. Well, I never did. So I had to come back to the place where people were, you know, one day at a, at a time li living free from the, the food. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Matt M., your turn. Here I am. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Matt M. Impulsive Over Eater. Yeah, um, my thunder was already taken, but uh, basically I wanted to talk about those stats. You know, um, yeah, we, we, we've been splintering left and right, all different factions There's um, since we started OA from the 60s. And uh, it's really, we're really getting away from the big book message, which is really where, where the program of recovery is. I'm reading this big book with my sponsor, and I'm seeing it with new eyes. I'm learning different things that I didn't think I'd know. I've been in the rooms for 10 years, and you think I would have it, but I don't have it down. And uh, with, with those stats, we're talking about there's OA how, there's different types of OA, 90 day, there's ones that use the tools, there's literature meetings, there's different types of meetings, but the ones that seem to do the best are the big book meetings because that's where recovery is at in the big book, you know. Even I know that, even though I'm struggling, even though even I know that itself, you know. But um, these stats were amazing. 75%, you don't get that anywhere, those, those kind of results. So. I'm grateful that I can see that, and I, know I want to be one of those people. So I'm going to keep trying one day at a time to keep my head above water just so I can finally go out and help others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay. We are on page XIX, the very last line, reading through two paragraphs um, on page XX, ending with further on in this book. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs? Oh, Jill S. Larry K. Nessa R. Nessa R. Melissa C. Melissa C. Monica T. Leah M. Monica T. Monica T. Leah M. Okay. Okay. Vasa O. Um. And then I. Sorry, I said it. A J name and an L name, and then Nessa Jill R. Jill S. Larry. Okay, Jill. And Larry, gosh, I don't know. That's not very good. Um, Jill S., Larry, um, K., 
K, Nessa R, Melissa C, Monica T, and Leah M. Let's go with that. Melissa C? I don't know if you got Melissa. Yes, I did get you, Melissa. Thanks. Okay. okay sorry. That's okay. Vasa O, go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Katie, thank you for your service. And Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Fox, from Florida. And I also like this. Uh, uh, of all alcoholics who came to AA, and remain and, and really tried uh, 50% got sober at once and remained that, that way. 25% sobered up after some relapse, and among the remainers, those who stayed in the, with AA showed improvement. And uh, again, I am so, so grateful that I was given this big book. But what I learned at the beginning, you know, that's what I focused, number one, is I needed to be 100% sober from my alcoholic foods and work the 12 steps. I, I had no choice. I, it, for me, it was live or die, Vasa, and I did not want to die. And I, I never left. And, I had, you know, I had so much to live for. I had children to raise. I had three-year-old three, year, three year old son to raise, and um, as I said, you know, I was so desperate. I have the gift of desperation. I didn't think it was a gift at that time. I thought this is a torture. How could I live one day without all this alcoholic, with my alcoholic foods, you know, with my triggers? But it is by the grace of God, you know, I am one of those 25%. I've been recovered and recovering all these years and happily not wanting to go back to those foods. And I have a happy, joyful life today without having those ingredients in my food plans and working the steps, you know. And it says here, I'm going to wrap it up, well, the internal difficulties of our Adolescents, um, previous periods were being ironed out, and that's you know that's when it comes for me it was step four and five, and acceptance of AA grew by leap and bounds, ups and downs, but I stayed abstinent by the grace of God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Okay, Jill S., you're up, followed by Larry K. Jill, please press star one to unmute. Good morning. This is Jill S. in San Diego, and thank you so much for your service this morning. In reading this and listening to the shares, I'm reminded of not only the steps, but the big book. And what really struck me was, as I read about the ministration and I listened to shares, it brought me back to what is my part? What is my part in not only my own recovery, but even ensuring that those that may be in roles such as doctors and psychologists and ministers, what is my role in educating them about our fellowship, about the power of this big book. And I 
thought of that and thought about yesterday on my own call with my counselor telling her why the changes she's seeing in me have been occurring. And it was really all about vision for you and the work that I've been willing to do. And it comes back over and over for me anyway to what is it that I am either doing or not doing and asking God to help me keep doing it. And so there, there is for me a direct relationship to not only my level of recovery, my level of freedom, but also my willingness to bring the word forward. I, I, I don't often want to sound what I perceive to be fanatical. And then I ask myself, am I willing to do anything? Am I willing to be of service to someone, even if that by chance makes someone else uncomfortable? Because I believe that freedom has occurred for me through this big book. So when I listen to the numbers that's waning, I think of the physical meetings that I go to. And I'm asking myself, am I a partner in that reduction? And the truth is I have been because I haven't been sharing the message of the big book. I haven't been sharing my experience, my discomfort, my fears. But when I do the work, it matters. It changes. And so I want to thank the folks that shared this morning as a reminder of it's up to me to keep bringing the message forward. It's up to me to sit in the rooms and share the message and my experience related to recovery through the big book not only through the tools. And so I thank you all so, so much for the shares and the teaching that you give me every day and the reminder that it will come back to me, me and God, to keep bringing the word forward. So with that, I pass. and Thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Nessa R. Hi, Katie. Thank you for your service. Uh, I'm Larry Kay, and I'm recovered uh, today in Chicago. The, um, you know, here's a rhetorical question that I needed to ask myself. Can I be, can I come into this program and can I be persistent and gritty and can I be of a very persevering nature and not have a spiritual awakening and effective spiritual transformation in which the obsession to binge eat will be driven out? That's a question I needed to ask myself. See, I know today, for me, the answer was yes, unequivocally yes. I persistently came day after day, and I persevered, and I used the tools, and I made the phone calls, and I did all the things, and the only thing that I didn't do was follow the steps, follow the instructions in the instruction manual. It's right there in front of you, perhaps. It's, it's in the big book. It's literally the program of action, very specifically laying out how to work these steps. Imperfectly, yes, yes, but to how to follow them. I never did that. And most of the people around me didn't either. So I was supported in that inaction. And occasionally, very rarely, but occasionally, I would hear a message of hope of people who did follow the steps, did follow the instructions precisely, and they had an effective, not, not a spiritual experience, a feel-good, uh, maybe even of God, 
but an effective spiritual transformation that drove out, eradicated. You no longer have the obsession to binge eat. It's removed. It's in the promises. And you know, once I was willing to do that and trust in the process, a process that had not worked for me up to that point because I hadn't done it, so I was uncertain, but once I did that, then, then very rapidly, I had an effective spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out the obsession. And it was different. And so now sometimes perhaps I say something that may not resonate. It may not, uh, it may disturb, but all to the good if it disturbs. I needed to be disturbed. I was surrounded by very well-intentioned people, good people, smart people, but they had not had an effective spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out the drive out the obsession so they only gave me lovingly what they had in them it's the same thing that i used to give away by the grace of god i have something different to give away today very grateful for this for this these instructions for this practical program of action with that i'll pass thank you larry excuse me thank you larry okay nessa r you're up Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Nessa R, and I am a compulsive overeater recovered in the Toronto, Canada. And, um, you know, I, I'm just going to piggyback on what Larry just uh, shared because what uh, really spoke to me this morning, the fact that, you know, so many people came into the rooms and left, then came back. You know, I, um, I tried so many things to turn into the kind of person who could eat whatever she wanted and still be thin, diets, gyms, nutritionists, you know, even in these rooms, you know, I, um, I went to countless meetings and when those meetings didn't work, I switched to other meetings. You know, I even went to those meetings where, you know, you have to be perfect in your performance in the tools, you know, call three people a day, speak to three people a day, go to three committed meetings, write a page in a journal, read a page in the book. Um, you know, I, I can't even remember um, what else I had to do. And none of those transformed me into somebody who could eat everything I wanted and still be thin. And so, you know, I mean, I guess if it had, I probably wouldn't be here in this line. So um, I'm grateful for that. You know, so when I finally recovered, which happened only as a result of becoming entirely and honestly abstinent and following the directions in this big book, I thought it was my job to convince everybody in and out out of the rooms that, you know, this was the solution. And, you know, what this tells me, what this passage that we just read confirms for me is that it is not my job to convince anybody. It is not my job to to preach um, or anything like that. My job is simply to share the message. And actually, more than... um, sharing the message, um, I need to be the message. I need to exemplify, exemplify the, the transformation that is possible when we follow the instructions in the big book. And this has been, you know, definitely my experience, the fact that I can go anywhere and not be afraid um, of what kind of food is going to be there because that might set me off. You know, I can do anything. I can face any challenges without my mind defaulting to, oh, this is too uncomfortable. What can I eat now? You know, like food is not even on the radar screen anymore. 
um, I'm not even recoiling from it as if from a hot flame because I don't have that impulse as long, of course, as I stay in fit spiritual condition. And this is the transformation that I need to uh, exemplify. And that's what's going to plant the seed on those who may come, on those who are struggling, on those who leave and then come back. That is my job, is just to be an example of the possibilities, you know, to show what a wonderful life this transformation can bring about. That's it, Not, nothing else. No convincing, no efforting, no forcing, no nothing. Just be an example and plant a seed. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Monica T. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa, a compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I listen to the statistics, um, they can be sad. Right? They're really, these are sad numbers um, because ours are not the same. And, you know, my own story um, was I was not on the, the, the good side of the statistic. I was, um, you know, of the, of the type that should never have recovered. You know, we should never have been able to live free of the food. And yet, um, you know, that is my experience. And so with this experience, I have... I believe a huge obligation, you know, I can either be paralyzed by statistics or um, I can recover, 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 and share the message that I have recovered. And, you know, so when I first came into OA, um, I just wanted a path as a normal person. And I think a big mistake that was done to me, perhaps with a lot of love, was I was given a diet. It, it had another name at the time. It was called. It had, a, it had a specific name, and I was handed the diet, and I was also handed the big book. But having been a addict, I was not interested in the big book. I was interested in the diet, and so I put that big book away. And yeah, I went on and suffered and struggled for many more years. Um, <laughs> when I came to vision and came to really listen here, um, and nobody handed me a diet. It was, um, this, this, is, this is the answer it's inside this book. And happily, I was able to recover. And, you know, when I go back to my face-to-face meetings, I was terrified to say the word recover for a really long time because um, I, you know, even there I wanted to, to sit in. That's been like the story of my life. Just let me pass. Let me be normal. Let me sit in. And, um you know, and thankfully, uh, I was urged to not shy away from saying the word recover because that's what got me to pay attention to following the steps. When I heard the word, um, it got me to do some. It got me to do some things. It had me take action. And um, and so I'm going to say happily at my face-to-face meeting the last time I was there on Saturday, there were four women in that room, four people in that room who said the word recovered. And um, and so we do, if we are, you know, blessed with the gift of getting recovered, we must carry the message and be fearless in it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Monica T., you're up, followed by Leah M. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. 
Yeehaw here. AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons. The large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. A light on the world here of alcoholism. They were recovered. These gutter, hopeless, 100% powerless drunks that did nothing but drink. Recovered. They stopped drinking. They, the, the obsession was removed from them. And it didn't just last a little while, it lasted long enough. They were able to go back and work. They were able to get reunited with their families. Destroyed families came back together. No wonder this grew by leaps and bounds. Wow. And then those who came and really tried, you know, they didn't just go to meetings. They, were, they did some work. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on in AA showed improvement. Now, when I was reading this with my guide, she pointed this all out to me, and she said, look, they had a 75% success rate in there. Now, some had a few relapses, but they didn't give up. They came back, and they did the work. You know, they got willing and they did the work. And this is what brought me big hope when I first came into big book study. Those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Now, I had been in OA for a while, and yes, there had been improvement. But I still felt like, felt like I was walking around with a big L on my head, on my forehead. That I was a loser and I couldn't seem to get this program. Well, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And it was like, Monica, you got to work these steps. And a guide guided me through the process of what I needed to do specifically, precisely, exactly the way it's instructed to me to do this in this book. Um, and yeah, I, I'm agreeing. We need to go out into our meetings and say we're recovered. You know, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind that God has removed my obsession. I don't have that crazy thinking anymore. And what did that for me? God and my working the steps. And it's been a process. And it continues to be a process. But I am so thankful for these people and for my higher power and for my willingness to do the work. You know, willingness is the key, but action opens the door. And Monica had to use that key and open the door. But when she did, yeehaw, and with that, I passed. Thank you, Monica. Okay, Leah M., you're up. Leah M., star one, please. Thank you. We're talking about AA growing by leaps and bounds, uh, that there were two principal reasons, the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. You know, um, it's the recovery that is attractive. You know, how can we, as Overeaters Anonymous, be accepted, um, have this wide acceptance of OA by friends in medicine, religion, and the press, et cetera, if we're not uh, – 
you know, examples of the results. And, you know, I've had experience uh, witnessing this type of leap and bound effect, you know, was in a, another community <laughs> in a cold city of Minneapolis when people started to recover as a result of pressing into this work of undergoing a profound alteration in their reaction to life and the obsession of the mind was driven out. And, of course, as a result of all that, um, their health, their physical health was getting better, um, and, and they were no longer needing, in many, many cases, they were no longer needing the medications that they had been on. And this caught the attention of internists, of cardiologists, of nephrologists, of psychiatrists, of nutritionists, and you know what? They came into the rooms. They came into the rooms to witness for themselves, and I met them, <laughs> and I sat next to them, the recovery that was possible. Now, let me say that down the block, they were building a new uh, facility for uh, bariatric uh, surgery. But despite all that, these, uh, these physicians were coming in to watch because they were fascinated. They were fascinated about the results, and that's exactly what had happened in AA. Uh, you know, um, you know, it's still true today what was written in 1939. AA, you know, still works 100% of the time. The 12 steps work 100% of the time. In 1939, they penned, rarely have we seen a person fail, and that's as true today as it was then, except you got to get to the punchline. you got to read further. Rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path. So the question is, am I following the path? Am I taking responsibility for my recovery? Yes, God's grace is available to me and to everyone on this line. Am I cooperating with his grace? You know, so it, OA can have these same results. I'm certain of it because I've witnessed it. But the work continues the work continues. I'll just wrap up with this. You know, in 1987, I entered a 12-step rehab for people just like me uh, with, with uh, about 30 others, and we were there together for a couple of months. After a year, you know, I was the only one still trudging. That's not about me. Believe me. But it's just a statement to say this program of recovery is not about knowing or not knowing. It's about what we're doing and not doing. Am I doing it? Today I'm in, God. Take me where you want. And that's my share. I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Okay, so we have time for four more people if you'd like to, to uh, share this morning. Star one, Anita L. Lauren N. Lauren N. Joe M. Joe M. Pete B. And Pete B. Okay, there we go. We have Anita L., Lauren N., Joe M., and Pete B. Um, go ahead, please, Anita. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Good morning. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. And I wanted to share, uh, because I wanted to share on the recovery. And... Next month will be five years ago that a woman walked into a meeting that I was at and I knew that I knew her, but I just couldn't picture who she was. 
And I had to wait for the We Care book to come around. And when I saw her name, I mean, I knew she had great recovery in the past, but I hadn't seen her in many years because she moved and went to a different location of meetings. And when she shared at the meeting, I was attracted to that. And I wanted what she had. And so I asked her if she would sponsor me. And she said, no problem. I just want you to know I do have some specific requirements. And one of them was to listen to A Vision for You on a daily basis. So next month will be five years that I've been listening to this meeting. And the very first day that I listened, I was wowed. I had never heard an OA meeting like this. Everyone was recovered. I heard the solution one after the other, and it just lifted my spirit and my uh, the hope that I had that, wow, I've been in OA for over 30 years, but I've never felt like this before. And so I followed the solution. I read the big book and I worked the steps and I too have been recovered. And um, I'm working the steps again. I'm in in a group step study and and, uh, I just finished step five and six. And so tomorrow night is seven. So I can't say that I'm recovered even though I feel the neutrality with the food and my life is beyond my wildest dreams. And like what was shared, what Bill W. says, we're catapulted into a fourth dimension of a life that is beyond my wildest dreams. It's incredible. Yes, do I have problems? Of course. Yes, uh, is life difficult sometimes? Yes. But, and the, the willingness to keep coming back and listen every single morning because I feel like it's my vitamin pill that I need to take in order to start my day off on the right way. This is why I keep coming back. And I feel like the statistics of this, okay, I'll stop, but the statistics of this meeting is pretty much 99 to 100% recovery. And that's why I keep coming back because I want to be part of the solution. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Anita. Lauren and you're up, followed by Joe M. Thank you all. Thank you all. Lauren N. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Wow, this meeting is just been the answer for me because I get to remember that large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes exist in this room. Thank God for that. Thank God for this program and for the, this act, way of being and this action. I can say today, I, even though I know I'm still sick and I'm on a, on a path and that path is, I don't know where it will be and I can be in my wallowing 
I know there's an, a program that if I hold on to, I'll get through. If I reach out, I'll get through this and I won't pick up. How incredible. Yesterday, I teetered for a while and luckily I reached out to a bunch of people and I didn't get a lot of people on the phone, but just by reaching out, I was able to get out of that place. And I sent a text to a friend who's in another program and I said, all I want to do is eat. And she called me. And it was like what I needed to hear. And it wasn't a program. It wasn't someone from this program. But it was someone who sent the message of another program. But it was all about self-care and love. And I was able to get through the day. And I was able to wake up this morning in recovery without remorse and self-hatred that I know I would have felt had I picked up. Thank God I'm in this program and thank God I'm in the rooms of recovery. And with that help, I'm able to hold on tight and know that it's not all about me. Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Joanne, it's your turn. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning to everybody on the line. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the administration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Why did AA have those friends? It's because AA reached out to them. AA reached out very actively to friends in medicine, friends in religion, friends in psychology, friends in psychiatry, and asked for their participation, asked for their input, cooperated with them. It was outstanding. Bill W. was an incredible model in that regard. And I think about um, the opportunity that I have today um, to do that same thing. When I go to the doctor's office and I get a health screening and the numbers come out excellent, which they always do because of this program, what it's done for my physical recovery, and the healthcare provider is sitting across the desk and she says, wow, this is incredible. We hardly get anyone with these kinds of numbers. That's my cue to say that's Overeaters Anonymous, and that's what I do. That's my opportunity to tell that healthcare professional why I have those numbers because it's not about me. It's nothing that I did. It's Overeaters Anonymous and the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so that's my cue to tell that nurse, to tell that doctor, to tell that practitioner, I have these numbers because of a program of recovery called Overeaters Anonymous. It's a 12-step program. It's like AA, but it's for people who can't stop overeating. If you have clients who are overweight or they can't stop overeating, this is a resource you can offer them. It's Overeaters Anonymous. It's online. I've given them the information. I've given them the name. Um, I had a woman last year, a healthcare pr- a practitioner. She was enraptured by what I was telling her about OA because she sees the people coming time and time and time again who are suffering because of what they're doing. And then she has the opportunity to then become an advocate. And then she becomes an advocate for all of us. And the healthcare professionals in our world today get to be our advocates, nutritionists, doctors, nurse practitioners, etc. So I, I'm so glad for AA demonstrating that model because then I can continue it and I can continue the journey today that I then make friends in medicine, religion, and press, etc. 
so that they can become our advocates in the present day as overeaters. Thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Joe. Pete, it's your turn. Good morning, thank you. Uh, My name is Pete B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Abstinent and recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I, I, I'm always I'm always taken back when uh, you know we we read this and we and we talk about the statistics of then versus now, you know. And I, and I love what was shared earlier uh, of the the program of Alcoholics Anonymous versus the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. That the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is 100% successful. Never heard anybody say, you know what, I came in, I got sober, I got abstinent, I incorporated these 12 steps into my life, I live in 10, 11, and 12, I'm constantly trying to help other alcoholics or other compulsive readers recover, and then I automatically, you know, I, I all of a sudden I picked up. You know, the, the, uh, when, I, when I first went to a 12-step meeting, there was a, a, a real alcoholic there that told me Alcoholics Anonymous never got one drunk sober. That if you're faced with a self-imposed crisis, you can no longer postpone or evade. You have to come to the conclusion that God is either everything or he is nothing. And, you know, what I know today is that, that with God, with you, I will stay sober, regardless of who else does. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, everybody uh, took a little bit less time, so we have two minutes left if someone would like to share. Jeanette S. Okay, go ahead, Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette S. Recovered from Newburgh, New York. Um, This is amazing. This was my godsend that I got to get in here. Um, I just wanted to say that Um, I noticed in listening, reading this and listening to others share, um, I was asking myself, what is my way of supporting the 12 steps? I'm out of breath. I'm all excited here. (laughs) Um, and, And my way, I noticed how I had gone to, when I first came in here in in January, uh, back into OA, I went to several different meetings. Um, I did finally hear the word recovered, and I noticed that I am now going to meetings where they do uh, use the big book. Two in my intergroup area, two meetings have opened that are now big book, they're big book study groups, and two groups have closed. Now, I have no idea. I've never visited those two other groups. And my suspicion is they were not big books study groups or big book based groups, um, OA groups. And I don't know. And so my way of supporting and promoting the big book is to stay recovered when I go to a, a different meeting um, and and to support the meetings that are promoting it and, and maybe not support the ones that don't. Because um, I think, you know, God's God's power will make them close. It, you know, either you got it or you don't. You got recovery or you don't. And I'm just really excited that, believe it or not, I'm really excited that two of, two of our meetings closed. And I'm excited that two of our meetings, two more meetings opened up. 
and they opened up in the right direction for me anyway uh, you know and for me it's about this big book I'm really excited thanks for letting me share Woohoo! thank you boy exciting stuff and thank you to everyone who shared this morning Oops. please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing the share ID for today, Wednesday, November 15th, is 10671. That's 10,671. We will now, with, now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Rachel W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Rachel W. Thank you so much for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your, to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. <clears throat> we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 